Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talk to nicely. We have this urban legend in my city called the Wrong Way Man. Supposedly, you might see him standing on the side of the road when you're driving. Some say it's always when you're on your way home. I've seen pictures of the Wrong Way Man. They circulate among us by text message. They circulate among students, workers, friends, and family here. Oddly, I've never seen any of those pictures posted online. I'm not sure if it's because of fear or because those who've taken the pictures want to perpetuate the mystique of our local urban legend or because of something else. I was pretty sure those pictures had been a hoax. Just someone dressed up as the wrong way man. Maybe it was the same person every time. As far as what the wrong way man looks like, he wears his tattered clothing backwards, usually a flannel shirt and jeans. His painted smiling face looks eerily realistic until he turns to the side and you can see it's a smooth surface. It seems that he shaves his hair off, paints a face over the back of his head and puts a shoulder length wig on that covers up his real face. Those who I've met who claim to have spotted the wrong way man say they've waited a week before driving home, staying over at a friend's house or a hotel. I've also heard if you see the wrong way man that you need to wait a whole month before going home. The common consensus seems to be if you see him while driving home, don't finish the drive home. Turn around, go somewhere else and wait for at least a week. I thought it was a bunch of nonsense until my date and I saw the wrong way man when we were driving back to my house from the movies. It was Katie who spotted him. Slow down, she said. I think I see that wrong way man you told me about. Katie had only lived in my city for half a year. So in my quest to win her over and be as interesting as possible, I shared with her everything I knew about the wrong way man. Was it just a coincidence that we'd been talking about him a few days before? I had never seen someone dressed as the wrong way man in person. Pictures, sure but never in person. My foot was shaking as I eased up on the gas. It was dark, nearing midnight, and there were no street lights. My car's headlights lit him up. On the side of the road, he was facing us. Actually, he had his back to us. That painted face was facing us. The jeans and flannel shirt and wig were all turned our way as well. His arms and legs looked wrong. They were shoved down in his clothing the opposite way. I wanted to be amused, but I was alarmed. When we got to be about 10 feet away in my car, he turned his painted head towards us. Those painted eyes, realistic but forever held too wide, seemed to be staring right into mine. As we drove slowly by, I waved to him and laughed to try to ease some of the tension. He did not wave back. I looked at Katie. She was waving too, but she wasn't laughing. I glanced back in time to see the slick side of that person's shaved, painted head, and the optical illusion of a real face being there was shattered, shattered, but somehow worse for it. Also, when I peered into the rearview mirror as we increased our distance, I thought I saw something glinting beneath the shoulder-length wig he wore. Then he was gone. 
lost to the darkness. I picked up speed. He hadn't been walking, but somehow I was worried he would quickly come after us. So what do we do now? Katie said. We can't go to your home or mine. I glanced at her, and soon we both started laughing. Well, I said, after tonight, we'll be able to tell everyone around that we saw the wrong way man and went immediately home. I wonder who was pretending to be the wrong way man, Katie said. I wonder why they were doing it. Do you think we should turn back around and try to talk to them? I'd rather we didn't, I said. They could be dangerous, but I'm sure it's just someone looking to keep the urban legend alive. It's your car, Katie said, but if it was mine, all right, I said, we'll turn back around. My grandpa used to say, if you're in doubt which turn to make, you can always take a U-turn until you figure things out. He used that as a metaphor for life. But as I did my U-turn, my heart was thrashing in my chest. We drove down the entirety of that dark street without seeing that person again. It was a couple of miles long in that direction, so there's no way they could have walked or run the distance so quickly. Katie and I decided that the person dressed as the wrong way man must have left the shoulder of the road for the surrounding woods. The idea of them hiding in the woods as we drove by again made me feel like I had spiders crawling over my flesh. We did another U-turn, and during that whole time, I kept glancing around in case that person jumped at us from out of nowhere. But soon we were heading back in the direction of my house with no second look at the wrong way man. Katie and I tried to laugh it out, and we tried talking about other things, but both of us were pretty scared. We couldn't stop glancing out the windows or into our side mirrors. We turned into my subdivision, then we turned onto my street, and everything changed. As soon as we turned onto my street, we started to go backwards instead of forwards. Did you put it in reverse? Katie said. Her hand was gripping my arm. It was as cold as ice. I stopped the car. Both of us were looking down. The car was in drive. I took my foot off of the brake and put it onto the gas pedal again. The houses, the familiar houses I saw every day when coming home were moving away from us. Maybe something's wrong with my car, I said. But when I tried driving forward again, I looked at the side and then in the rearview mirror. We were not moving. In front of us, the houses receded every time I put my foot on the gas. But from the side and rear, it appeared that we were standing still. On my street, everything was well lit. There were tons of street lights, so we couldn't chalk it up to limited visibility. Let's get out of here, Katie said. Her voice was almost a whisper. Yeah, I said, in a similar way. But how are we going to leave? Put it in reverse. When I put my car in reverse, we actually moved forward. But to the side and rear, once again, we seemed to have not moved, like we were caught just past the entrance to my neighborhood. Right when Katie and I thought about getting out of the car, we spotted someone coming towards us. They were approaching us from the front of the vehicle. They were about 20 feet away and closing in. I recognized him. He was my neighbor, Mr. Nelson. I would often see him working on his garden while driving by to my house. He was walking backwards towards us. All of a sudden, he stopped. He began shouting, Emple, Emple over and over again, standing stock still, his back to us. Only later would I realize he had been saying, help me, in reverse. I rolled down the window. Mr. Nelson, I said, what's the matter? He stopped shouting. Now that my window was down, I could hear his body creak and snap. Blood poured out of his fissures as the joints of his arms and legs changed drastically. When Mr. Nelson's head twisted all the way around towards us, I was sure that I saw the light go out of his eyes. Whatever had taken over Mr. Nelson made a first step forward with the new architecture of his body. Katie and I both began to scream at that first step. 
I rolled up the window as Mr. Nelson walked around on strange, inhuman legs. His kneecaps and elbows had become stretched and exaggerated from being reversed. I put my foot on the gas, with the car still in reverse. Through the front windows, we seemed to be careening forward. A glance out the sides or in the rear view showed us to still be stationary. We slammed into Mr. Nelson. Blood splattered across the windshield. The car rose and fell as we went over his body. To the sides and rear, there was no indication of the car rising and falling. I did not see a lump appear behind us. I kept my foot on the gas, still going forward in reverse. I saw a window of a neighbor's house shatter. A couple I barely recognized crawled out like baby spiders out of eggs, leaking blood as they scraped themselves against the shards in the window frame. When the wife paused in the window, she smiled. She intentionally rubbed her scalp against a particularly sharp looking piece of glass. I could see the white of her skull. By then her husband was already on the ground running towards us. I sped forward. Their house vanished in the sides and rear of the vehicle, which were, again, still stuck near the street's entrance. More people were coming out of their homes. They came out all twisted and broken, damaging themselves further as they exited. They ran towards us on backwards legs, churning their backwards arms. Everything about them was the wrong way. Before long, I found myself slamming on the brakes. Keep going, Katie yelled. They're going to catch up with us. Ahead, I saw my own driveway. Someone that looked like me was talking to another person with a painted face. The painted face nodded up and down. It nodded like a real face would do. Then I saw the wig shuffle and move seemingly on its own. I realized that the true face under that wig was talking, moving its lips, breathing. The wrong way man was talking to me or someone who looked like me. At the same time, Katie was reaching over me, trying desperately to put her foot on the gas. A couple of twisted pieces of bone and meat collided with the windshield. It was a mangled looking couple. These were faces I should have recognized, but couldn't due to their present state. Their twisted arms continued to beat at the window, even though their eyes told me that no one was home. A spider's web of crack spread across the windshield, its grooves filled with blood. I slammed my foot on the gas while helping to steady Katie back into her seat. We flung those two off, and right after that, we ran over an entire family in quick succession. I didn't have time to feel guilty. These were not my neighbors. These were not my neighbors. These were not... Katie and I both began to change. I heard some of my bones break. I felt it a moment later, like the reverse of lightning before thunder. Katie and I started screaming, almost in unison, and about in the same tune. It was like a choir of pain and fear. Keep your head back! I yelled as I strove to keep my head pinned against my seat. Don't let it twist around. No matter what happens to the rest of our bodies, we can't let it kill us. I know, Katie said. Just get this car out of here. Make a U-turn or something. Make a U-turn, I thought. What was it my grandpa said about life and how if you didn't know what to do, you could always make a U-turn? Still in reverse, yet still going forward, I wheeled the car screeching around. I didn't glance out the sides or rear. I gunned it, heading back towards where we had come from. The wrong way man waited. He waited for me at the juncture of my driveway and the street. His painted mouth grinned forever. His painted eyes were too wide and incapable of blinking. We passed him and drove out of the neighborhood. Katie and I weren't out of the woods though. I was able to get us to a nearby gas station before my legs and arms, which were part of the way reversed and leaking blood, completely gave out. We crawled out of the vehicle and onto the cold, hard concrete of the gas station. I blacked out almost at once, but Katie tells me she retained consciousness until the ambulance arrived. We spent months in the hospital with broken bones and torn ligaments and muscle. I think the only thing that had saved us permanent damage might have been the seats of our vehicle resisting our changes. We told the doctors we had been in a car accident. They shook their heads at us and kept asking questions. I did go back home, eventually. We both did. The reason I went home 
was because one of my neighbors that we had run over with my car came to the hospital to visit me. They seemed completely fine, as if nothing had happened and the wrong way man had never changed them. But damage was done to my vehicle and to Katie and I, both physically and psychologically. And while our bodies are on the mend, I don't think we'll ever be the same. I feel the wrong way inside. This story was written by Rick the Intern. Check out his Reddit page for more stories like this one. The link is in the description below. Thanks for listening.